Hello, and welcome back to No Matter Where, No Matter When. Today's topic is something different for us. We actually had to research this or go off of input from others or just things that we've heard or know about. So today's topic is going to be relationship dynamics, and it is going to be monogamy versus polyamory. So if you're not exactly sure what we're talking about, monogamy is being in a relationship with one person. When you are in a polyamorous relationship, you are in a relationship with multiple people. It was just an interesting topic that we got feedback on and someone said we should discuss. So we are going to do just that. Yeah, I don't I, I think we had someone talk to us about doing this episode because I guess he is trying to convince people to be in a polyamorous relationship with him. I actually don't know why this was an interesting topic for him, but I don't understand polyamory. I also don't understand polygamy, but I also get jealous easy. You're also more of a monogamy girl because I feel like that's kind of the norm for most people. Yeah, I mean, in some cultures and in some religions, some societies, polygamy, polyamory are, are normal. But I mean, even in like the Mormon religion with poly- the ones that still practice polygamy, they don't date all of the people they're going to marry at the same time. They date someone, they marry them. And then sometime later, they date someone and then they marry them and now they have two wives and they go on and on like that. They don't – it's not polyamorous relationships. I don't – I mean, I don't understand polygamy either. I also just wouldn't want to live with that many women at once. But like polyamorous relationships, I don't understand because I feel like mono on mono, like monogamous relationships, you have – a different connection with that person you're sharing your life with and you're building a life with and to do that in a polyamorous relationship I just don't know how or believe you can have that kind of commitment and that kind of passion and that kind of connection with multiple people at once I also feel like it's a lot of work I say this to Kyle all the time when like he'll joke and be like oh who's that your boyfriend I'm like homeboy you're enough work for me I don't need more than one of you because relationships at the end of the day, they are work. It's not just you wake up and it happens. There's things, your goals you're working towards. There's, you know, a future you're setting for each other. If you're in it for the long haul or if you're married, I feel like adding somebody into that mix other than a child would just be too much and too much work that's needed to make it something I don't know. I'm also very jealous too. So I don't think that would be a route that I would be able to go. I also think like you're talking about, you know, building dreams and everything like that. What if the other person you bring into the relationship has different dreams than the two of you? Then how does that work? Like in, um, I do not like reality TV. I think it's stupid, but I did watch a few seasons of Sister Wives by a few. I mean like seven. And something that I noticed was that they were having a hard time figuring out what careers they wanted to have. And like they wanted to build a business together, but they had trouble figuring it out. Like at one point it was a gym and then another point it was jewelry. And I don't know what happened after that, but how do you build a family and support each other and pursue dreams if there's six of you that have different 
goals and different dreams. Like what if one person wants to be a doctor, another person wants to be a lawyer, another person wants to be a bag lady at Publix? Like how do you do that? And how do you support each person without making another person feel bad? Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with being blue collar, but if you have one wife that wants to be a neurosurgeon and another wife that wants to be a cook at McDonald's. Those are both jobs. They could both, I guess, be careers. But like, how do you support one and say, you know, education is important and all of that, but then say to the other one, oh, it's fine that, you know, you don't want to go to school or something like that. Like, I feel like it puts you in the position to almost be a hypocrite. And again, I think it's, it would be a lot of work because you're For me, I would see myself laying myself way too thin. I mean, I'm already spread pretty thin with, you know, my husband and what we have and then the kids and our family as a whole unit. So I couldn't imagine bringing someone into that. And again, I'm very jealous. So I do, I was telling Allie, I do know somebody though that is in a polyamorous relationship. So she is actually married and they brought someone into their marriage. But apparently from what I've been told by people who have asked questions to her, so her and the woman that they brought in spend lots of time together, are intimate basically daily, but her husband is only allowed to be intimate with the woman when she is present because she gets jealous. So I'm not exactly sure how that would work. So it's more for her benefit, I guess, than her husband's. My logic is if you're bringing someone into your marriage and it's consenting on both parts, you would think both of you are benefiting, but it kind of sounds one-sided. And then the friends I were discussing it with, you know, one of them said, I think it would be great. Could you imagine like, hey, you're going to handle these bills. Hey, you're going to handle these bills. Hey, I'm going to handle these bills. And everybody kind of walks away still having money because everything is balanced. I mean, I know in this specific situation, like they renovated the house, they moved her in and she has children. Um, so they move the kids in and they refer to themselves as one big happy poly family from what I've seen. But I feel like for me, now this is just for me, I have nothing against it. If that's what tickles your pickle, cool. Go on with your bad self. For me, now, Ali will tell you, excuse me, I was never one that wanted to get married. I think every girl has that dream, but I always wanted babies. And I've said this on previous podcasts. I never envisioned myself getting married. I feel like if you are going to make the commitment to marry someone and spend your life with someone, you kind of take that seriously. And you don't just say, hey, by the way, you're kind of boring me. I fell in love with somebody else. Let's just add them to this. And it's not equal for both of you. I agree. (coughs) I mean, to play devil's advocate, I do think that there is that benefit that like you do have the help for, you know, if there's lots of children, you do have people to help you. And there is the balance of, you know, bills. But for me, the way that I see things, because I'm the same way. I've never actually like sat there growing up being like, oh, I want to get married. Like I want to travel. And I'm also the person that was never sure if they wanted children. And it wasn't until Canada that I wanted either of those things together. So, you know, it's, it's a very interesting concept, but I'm also, you know, if I'm going to take that step and build a life with someone and get over my fears of commitment and get over my fears of being pregnant and having children and all of that, then I want that relationship to just be with the person that I trust enough to make those commitments Mm -hmm. to. 
And I don't think that if I, like me personally, if I have made that commitment to someone to spend my life with them and I have conquered those fears in order to build that life with them, I'm not going to get to the point where I'm like, oh, cool, deuces, I'm out. There's, you know, that cute bald Hispanic man over there. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna dip if things get hard or if they get, you know, monotonous or, you know, anything like that. You know, that's part of life. Life isn't always the honeymoon stage. Life is not always exciting. Life is not always smiles and laughter. But that's part of building a life with someone is that you can go through the tough times together and still come out the other side and still be able to have that laughter and those smiles and enjoy your life together. And I don't personally feel you can do that if there's six other women there or even six other men. Like, I'm sorry. I I know polygamy is usually just one guy, 20,000 women, but, you know, I don't think a woman should have multiple husbands either. I feel like there's something more special and you can appreciate your partner more if it's just the two of you working through life together. Yeah, I mean, and you know, the person I'm talking about in particular, it doesn't look like they're unhappy. I mean, with the other woman that she brought in, because apparently she's bisexual, she looks happy. But every time I see their pictures, the only thing I think is, I never see this other woman that they brought in alone with her husband. So I don't see how it's like a joint commitment. And I feel like when you start factoring in, you know, bringing someone into your marriage is a big like, whoa. But then you're also factoring in children. You're raising children together. Her children have now morphed with their child. Like my logic is how does that work? I mean, Jelly Roll and Bunny are infamous. They have a polyamorous wedding or marriage. They bring people in and they, you know, do what they got to do, and they have them sign NDAs. But it's a joint agreement. It's both of them getting the same satisfaction, and both of them are agreeing to do what they're doing. I feel like saying that, well, yeah, she's going to be in a relationship with us, but I'm only going to benefit from it. You'll get it every once in a while. That's kind of selfish. I feel like that's going to turn into like the first poly polygamous relationship where it's the woman that has multiple (laughs) wives and multiple husbands. Yeah, probably. I feel like, I mean, I that that's a reality show waiting to happen. But I also feel like if that's the case, why did why get married? Just date, be boyfriend and girlfriend, and then bring in whoever the fuck you want. Again. I think Jelly Roll and Bunny are a different situation because it's a joint agreement. They both get the equal amount of pleasure. They also have both. They've talked about it openly. They also have boundaries that they have set in this different situation. And I've obviously thought about this way too much. In this situation, you know, you're telling your husband that you made vows and committed to in front of all of your family and friends that we're going to bring someone in, but it's part-time for you. It's full-time for me. I don't see how that works. I mean, I get it. Your heart's split. From what I understand, she loves this woman. Great. But there was also, from knowing her personally, a big, big push for them to get married. And I feel like if that's the case and you knew that there was a possibility, because this wasn't a woman that they just like randomly found and said, hey, oh, you're cute. Want to join our marriage? She's been around for a while. So I feel like if there was already interactions happening before you got married and you may have had doubts, why rush to get married? Why not just say, hey, let's just figure this out as we go. 
I don't know. Maybe, again, I never believed in it. I never wanted to get married. I never thought of it as like this holier than holy, you know what I mean? But I feel like marriage nowadays to a lot of people doesn't mean shit. And it shows by the rates of divorce. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't, they don't cherish, they don't honor. And they are looking for the easy way out. For me, I feel like when you make those vows and commitment, you know, you don't just say, well, we're going to file paperwork and that's it. We can't do this. You, there's steps you take to work through your shit. I think the first thing I said to Kyle when he asked me to marry him was, are you sure? And he kind of looked at me like, are you fucking kidding me? But I always told him, like, if I ever get married, it's going to be like, it literally will be to a death to us part. We have problems. We're going to work through it. We have issues. We're going to figure out how to not make it an issue. Like you communicate, you talk about it, you do the things that you need to do because at the end of the day, you are the person that I chose to spend the rest of my life with. And when you make that commitment, I feel like it's a bigger commitment than maybe the generations now are coming into play. I think that's a lot of reason why now too, you see a lot of older couples that never got married. They're together for 30, 40, 50 years and they never legally became husband and wife. They just have spent their lives together. I mean, one of my absolute favorite book where the, the crawdad sang, that's how she ended her life. They never legally got married, but they were together for all of those years. And I think there's a beautiful sense of knowing that I'm making the commitment to you, but it doesn't have to be the huge commitment of now we're married. I think there's also, I agree. I think that people nowadays don't understand the phrase, the sanctity of marriage. And, you know, I, I've never been that part. Like I joke with my family about weddings, but the wedding that I create for my family is literally impossible. Like, I'm sorry, but creating like a floating stage in the middle of the river Avon and Stratford upon Avon, England, and have everyone taken to the river Avon in horse and buggy and you know the things that I create are uh, and you know that there's gonna be penguins that are gonna walk me down the aisle like the fuck like none of this is possible it's fucking stupid but it's fun to talk about but like I've never been that person that was like okay I want this I want marriage and anytime someone has spoken to me about it and they were serious I ran away and with Canada we talk about that we talk about marriage and one of the things we talked about was the fact that like he doesn't want a big wedding he wants to save money we can go travel we can buy a house like that is more important to him and for me because of the differences in our religion and culture and everything like that I told him like if we get married nobody in my family is going to even be there so why would I even want a big wedding like I told him you know I want you I want a marriage I want to spend my life with you that is what is important to me I don't care about the big white dress I don't like white anyways I don't care about everyone looking at me. I don't like being the center of attention. Literally, a wedding is basically my biggest fear and everything I don't like for me. So all I want is at the end of that day to be his wife and to share in everything with him. And I feel like, again, that connection and that want to share everything with somebody and build with somebody isn't something that should be like shared around to community. I feel like if you can have that type of relationship with multiple people, then you're taking away from the other relationships in some way. 
that you can't just give all of yourself to six people. Like that's something that, you know, you're now breaking yourself into six parts when you're supposed to be uh, like one-on-one with one person and share all of you with them and them share all of themselves with you. And I feel like that is the sanctity of marriage. And, you know, I've watched my parents my entire life and, you know, not every day is great, but I thought of this the other day with my dad in the hospital and watching my mom like help him and, you know, watching my mom make sure that he could get the straw in his mouth and make sure, you know, there were just little moments where she would like wipe his hair on his head or like give him a kiss. And like the other day we got there and she gave him a kiss on the nose. And I'm like, you know, I may not always agree with certain things that my mom does or says, but the amount of love and passion that she has for my father and my father has for her, because my father would do absolutely anything for her. Like, I want that. I want someone to cherish me in that way. And if they're saying they do, but then there's, you know, Tuesday nights, he's in one room and Wednesday nights, he's in another. That's not cherishing me. That's cherishing yourself enough that you can get your dick wet every night by a different person. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel that way. I say this about my grandparents. I mean, my grandmother has pretty much almost become immobile. And my grandfather is her caretaker. My grandfather is the one that, you know, has to help her go to the bathroom and has to help her bathe. And I feel like there's a level of commitment there and a level of love and respect that you grow over time with your spouse. And I feel like the sanctity of marriage is having that. You know, I feel like I don't know. It would be interesting to get this take too about somebody who's had an arranged marriage. Because, I mean, we've seen it in movies where they're like, you know, I didn't always like the idea of it. But, you know, I got to know them. And then the intrigue turned to like. And you know, the like turned to respect and then the respect turned to love. One of the scenes in uh, The Wedding Planner, that's what her dad talks about. He's trying to set her up and set her up to get married. And, you know, he explained that her mother and him were an arranged marriage and how over time it just worked. And that was, you know, the person that he fell head over heels in love with. So it'd be interesting to see that aspect. But again, I feel like, you know, and I see, you know, the the whole point of, hey, they get to help do this. Hey, it's another person, you know, like, I think this woman specifically, her husband is a um, first responder. So, you know, their schedules can kind of be crazy. But I feel, again, like if that's what you're depending on, just date. Don't be married. How many times can I call you crying or be upset about something or vice versa? I'm not going to go and have sex with you. No, because that's my husband. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not gay. Sorry. But I mean, that's just my take on it. I don't feel like if you're going to run into the arms of somebody else, are you really honoring, vowing and upholding your marriage? Does it really mean that much to you if you can so easily just let your walls down and invest that time into someone else yeah and also i mean with the arranged marriages almost all of my cousins have had arranged marriages because in the ultra orthodox jewish religion there are arranged marriages you know the rabbi talks to the parents and the parents decide if they want their child their their daughter or son or whatever to go on this date and then they allow the two to decide if they are interested 
Then they go on like three dates, maybe four or five, and then they decide if they want to get married or not. And all of my cousins, except for the one who didn't have an arranged marriage, have pretty much succeeded. I mean, my cousin Hani has, I think, I think it's eight children now with her husband and they're very happy and she loves her husband. My cousin Dovi has eight children with his wife and, you know, they all, you know, I have one cousin who got a divorce, but she's, you know, she's from an arranged marriage, but, you know, she, it just didn't work. There was just a lot going on and he wasn't as religious as she is and, he kind of went more towards the like not conservative but more in that direction he's still orthodox but not like her yeah and then my other little cousin or not I just found out he's my older cousin but I keep calling him my little cousin my other cousin he got a divorce but he didn't have an arranged marriage he chose her and I think they lasted a year they lasted long enough to have their son and that's it now she's married to someone else has another child or two and he is currently in the military. So, I mean, arranged marriages can work, but you have to be open to the concept that you're marrying someone you don't know. And I am not open to that concept. I need to know someone like... No, we've talked a, about this. I yeah. feel like you have to test drive a car like before yeah, you, you need, buy it. You need I feel to like the someone, same thing goes in a relationship. You need to know someone inside and out before you marry them. I think like I, that's why, you know, I think sex is important in that essence because I'm sorry... You wait till after you get married to have sex and they have a micro penis and or they don't know what they're doing. Maybe they don't it doesn't know how matter because that person has never had sex either. So that's the best that they're going to get. Yeah, but that's depressing as fuck. <laughs> they don't know any better. But I mean, so in Judaism, you get <clears throat> lessons before the wedding on sex. Okay. So you you sit, the guy sits with a rabbi and the woman sits with a like, Rebbitson kind of person like a rabbi's wife and they learn they learn about sex he learns about how to please his wife she learns about how to be pleased and how to please her husband that's fantastic and it's wonderful it's great because in Judaism there is that sanctity of marriage and it is very important like there is a prayer that uh, the husband's supposed to sing to his wife on Friday night called Eshes Chayil and it's the women of valor and it's basically a song on Friday night to thank his wife for all that she does. And it's beautiful. And there is a beautiful sentiment behind Jewish weddings and Jewish marriages. And that's great. But I have a friend who is really into this concept of Jewish weddings and Jewish marriages right now. Because he got hurt by his now ex-wife. And, you know, he doesn't want to get hurt again. And he likes that. And I told him, I'm like, that's not... That doesn't have to be Judaism. Yeah. Those are values. Yeah. Those are things that you should have anyways, whether you're Jewish, Catholic, Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, whatever. You should have those feelings and that respect for your spouse. Not saying that every person, every man should sing to their wife on Friday night, but like those feelings of appreciation between the two of you should be there no matter your religion. And unfortunately, in the generation that's growing up now and probably future generations, we're fucked because they don't believe in the sanctity of marriage. They don't believe in the sanctity of a relationship and monogamy and caring about someone and opening up to someone. And I feel like that's why the human race is going to die. I can't with you. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Again, that whole, the whole concept between or behind polyamory. I can't say I don't support it because I don't know enough about it. It's just not, I could say it's not for me. 
I mean, how many times growing up did we have the equivalent of a fuckboy that we really just wanted them to make the commitment and we could never get it? I feel like when you're taking the step of marriage, like that's the ultimate commitment. You're saying, I'm vowing basically my life to you and we are going to get through this life together. And I feel like when you don't, you know, like you said, when you don't have those values of honoring your spouse or significant other and you don't, you know, want to work through the issues or you feel like you have to bring someone in because something's lacking, you're not putting the footwork in behind it to make your marriage work. Yeah, I feel like that comes down to communication. Like if it's like a sexual thing, (coughs) if you're not being pleased by your spouse, don't bring in someone else. Talk to your spouse. Mm -hmm. Talk to them about what you want and what pleases you. You don't have to go find someone else that does it. You vowed to share your life with someone, the ups and the downs. And that includes being honest and open about what pleases you, what makes you happy, what you want. And sex is a part of relationships. Like whether it's, you know, you wait till marriage, you don't, whatever, that's your choice. And that's wonderful for you to have that choice. But in the end, like when you have sex with someone, you are in a sense committing you know, your body to them, you are trusting them with your body. And even for me, who I don't really believe in sex being intimate, except with one person, you're still trusting someone with your body. Like, doesn't matter how many people you have sex with. In that moment, you are trusting them with all of you. Maybe not your emotions, but all of your body, you are trusting them to be honest that they don't have STDs. You are trusting them that, you know, they are on birth control. You are trusting them that, you know, the condom isn't expired. Like you are trusting them not to hurt you. You are, you know, there's a lot of trust that goes into having sex with someone. And I feel like in a marriage, you should be able to discuss those things because you are committing everything to this person. Like you are saying when you get married to someone, I want all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly. I want, you know, if you want kids, I want the dirty diapers with you. I want the late nights with you. I want, you know, everything. And that comes with communication. And if you don't have that communication, running to someone else is not going to fix your marriage. If anything, if that person's getting you off more than your husband or wife, and they're communicating better with you, all that's going to show you is that the person you married is useless. Why not just actually put the effort into a relationship that you've already been in, that you've already done the legwork in? Why not talk to your partner rather than just jumping ship? And I feel like that's what society is now, is that people are just like, ooh, grass is greener, and they want the honeymoon phase. And I'm sorry, the honeymoon phase only lasts lasts a period of time, and then it's over, and then you have to deal with the real shit. And... The real shit is what builds the relationships and makes you stronger and makes the connection stronger. And you have to get to that. You have to get past the honeymoon stage to get to that point. I also feel like the grass isn't always greener. I like that saying the grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. So if you're not watering the grass and doing the legwork, I don't feel like you're going to have a successful relationship. And again, you want to be polyamorous dating. Cool. We know plenty of people that are in their 30s that still do that. So that's great. I just feel like, I don't know, the sanctity of marriage is not something. I think everybody likes the idea of marriage, especially women. I feel like women like the idea of planning a wedding, 
putting on a dress, having everybody there. I mean, who doesn't really like to get pampered and get dressed up and you know what I mean? I know you don't like being the center of attention, but that's like the one day you get to be selfish and be like, it's my day, me. And I do like being a Barbie, to be I fair. Mean, I love having my hair done, my makeup done, but you know what? I can do all that and not have the big wedding. No, absolutely. So for me, I would, I mean, our wedding was small. Our mm-hmm. wedding didn't have, it, I think there were 52 people there or something like that. And it was perfect. Um, so I feel like you don't have to have this huge spectacle when you get married. You do it how you are comfortable doing it and you don't something, you know, to forego what someone else wants. I feel like, again, that is the start of your life together. That is the start of you communicating on what you want. And if somebody wants 375 people at their wedding and the person they're marrying is like, yeah, no, we can't afford that one or two. I don't know if I feel that comfortable because we just have our family. I feel like that's a sacrifice. You've talked about this with Canada, you know, just going to Vegas and having a few close people there and eloping and you would be perfectly happy with that. So I feel like that's an agreement that you make between the two of you. But again, I watch, I'm obsessed, sickly obsessed with Love is Blind. I know we've talked about this. And I think that's one of the parts that really pisses me off about that show is because these people go through this project and the logic behind what they're trying to do, I think it's fantastic. But I feel like you rush this process for good TV. Like the logic goes out the window once they get past like the initial project. Sticking somebody in a pod and having them get to know somebody sight unseen until, you know, you get engaged. Cool. Kind of like an arranged marriage. But then forcing them within two weeks to marry that person, I don't feel like that's enough time and i've seen like behind the scenes where they're like what you don't see is that night we spent 11 and a half hours talking to each other we fell asleep in the pods together like i understand that but in the same sense i don't feel like two weeks is enough time to fully get to know somebody we just had this conversation about you in canada you know a short span is great but you really need the time to figure out if your everyday works with each other And I feel like that's the concept that pisses me off because this last season I was furious because one of the couples, they were like the front runner and her family came for money, his family not. They were so in love with each other. Their communication was fantastic. And then they got all the way to the altar. He's like, I know for sure, even through the bad days, like you're the only person I want to have bad days with. And I was like, damn. Like, that's the basis of what you need. And she wind up telling him no, because she said, we need time. And then it ultimately came out that she wind up saying no, because his credit score, he lied about it. What the fuck does your credit score? Like, again, if you're getting married and you're younger, even if you're older, that's something that you can work on and say, hey, I understand that this is not where it needs to be. But as a couple, this is what we're going to do to get where it needs to be. So she already owned a house. So they would have moved into her house. You know what I mean? And he said, you know, it was a lot of mistakes that I was made that I was younger. He had a corporate job, so he was making great money. But the ultimate deciding factor was she said, your credit score is not where it it needs to be. And I feel like I would be taking care of you the rest of my life. I'm sorry. But when you get married, I feel like that's a goal you set together. And if it would be different if his credit score was fucked and then he's like, yeah, I don't have a job. That's not the case. So I was furious after this season. And the couple who I thought that was the most toxic, why am getting married? I feel like 
also people confuse a wedding with marriage. Yes. And they think that, you know, that beautiful day and everything about them and their love and everything like that, that that is what a marriage is. Mm -hmm. And that's not a marriage. That is a day that you get to, you know, spend with your family and celebrate Mm -hmm. your love. But that's not marriage. And that's what, you know, I was telling Canada is I don't care about the wedding because that's not what's important. It's the marriage that is important. Like like you said, I'll I'll go to fucking Vegas. I'll get married on a hilltop in Quebec. I don't give a shit. And it's more than a piece of paper because I hate when people say marriage is just a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's a lot more than just a piece of paper. Yeah, a lot more. There's your day, the day you sign your marriage certificate is the day that you are committing to that person that no matter what we're going to go through, we're going to go through it together. Mm-hmm. We're going to work on our communication constantly and we're going to put the footwork in because I am committing my life. And I feel like people say that because they're being too literal. Like, yes, it is a piece of paper, but what that paper signifies, what that (laughs) paper stands for is completely different. And like, like that up there on the wall, you guys can't see that. Sorry, but that's, that's my parents' ketubah. That's the Jewish marriage contract. That is basically their vows. Because at the actual ceremony, the woman says nothing. Yeah. It is all the man. The man, she walks around him seven times. I don't remember why. But he is making vows to her. He is committing to her. So the only thing the woman really does is the ketubah. And that is both of them signing their marriage contract. But Judaism is a lot about men withholding their respect and appreciation and everything for their wives. So, you know, it's not about who can do anything better, who has the better credit score. It's it's everything that has to do with being together and appreciating each other. And especially because, you know, in the Jewish religion, the ultra orthodox, especially the women don't usually have jobs or they do. They're not, you know, they're still there for the kids and, you know, all of the kids because they usually have like a bazillion but they, you know, they take care of the home. They get ready for Shabbat. They, you know, take care of everything. So the man is very big on appreciating her for the stance that she, the, the things that she does and the stance that she has in everyone's life. And that's what that contract signifies is that bond between the two people. And like you said, you know, you're planning a life together and planning a life together does not mean okay, everything's going to be sunshine and roses and we're going to go on these vacations and we're going to be afford- able to afford everything mm-hmm. and our lives are going to meet- going to be amazing and our kids are never going to get sick and we're going to be healthy and live till, you know, 1,000. Like, no, shit happens. That is part of life. Whether you're married or not, shit happens. And you got to roll with the punches and, you know, having that person that you can rely on, that you can trust, that you know – trust you and you can communicate with that's so special and I don't understand even remotely trying to have that kind of bond with someone else like multiple people like I feel like it just takes so much away from that bond and same as you I don't know enough about polyamorous or polygamy to really know to say it's wrong or anything like that it's you know everybody's allowed their own choices everybody loves in their own way that's fine I just know that 
for me, how important I find that connection and I find that bond, I wouldn't be able to share that with anyone else. And also the jealousy factor that we have touched on a little bit. If I ever saw my significant other having sex with someone else, kissing someone else, touching someone else, I think something would click in my brain and I'd end up wearing an orange jumpsuit. (laughs) So... I like when I was in when, when we were talking about that in Canada last weekend and he was like, you know, in the olden days, I would have had four, you know, four wives. And I'm like, that's cool. It's not the olden days. You're not having four wives. <laughs> like the fuck? <laughs> Who do you think you're talking to? And like, I mean, I don't I don't get jealous with him. Like he's in a he's in another country. Whatever he does over there is, you know, whatever he does. But and I trust that we have that bond and that connection that you know, nobody's going to replace and that's fine. But we're also currently in different countries. Once we are in the same home and in the same country, you touch another woman, I'm going to Lorena Baba your ass. So (laughs) if you want to keep your penis, keep it where it needs to be and don't put it where it shouldn't. You might need a clone at that point. Just saying. I don't know how you'd be able to get past that. No, again, and again, I've said this to somebody before. Somebody has said, well, marriage is just a piece of paper. No, because if I rip that piece of paper, I'm still married. Also, I could just go order another copy. <laughs> so I could burn that piece of paper. I could rip. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm still married. You can make origami with it. I mean, I'm just saying. You can do a million things with it. I can make a hat, whatever. <laughs> but the piece of paper does not detail my marriage. It does not dictate my marriage. It does not determine the way my marriage is going, you know. And even when Kyle and I went through the infidelity got very close to wearing an orange jumpsuit. I still contemplate it every now and again. Not so much with him, with her. You know, that was a choice. I've had many people turn around and say, well, I don't know how you're still stuck. Like, why didn't you divorce him? Don't think it wasn't an option. Don't think it did not cross my mind. But at the end of the day, I also know, I feel like you reach a point in your relationship when something clicks and something tells you that you know that this person is the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. I think for Kyle and I, it clicked very early, um, probably when, you know, his lungs collapsed. I think that was the moment that I realized, like, if anything happened to him, I don't think I would be the same person. And then we've talked about this the other day, you know, giving birth to Madison. Mm -hmm. After all the heartbreak that we went through to have her, that moment that I saw him cut the cord and hold her for the first time, I was explaining this to Allie the other day, and it's so stupid to say it. But I literally felt like it was a scene in Twilight where she's becoming a human and like her whole life flashed before her and she saw, you know, her future with them as a family and all of the things that they were doing. And like she was able to take her first breath like that was what it felt like watching him hold our child for the first time. It's a different kind of feeling. It's a different kind of love. And I feel like that grows. That changes, you know, even through the infidelity. I never stopped loving him. I didn't like him very much, but I never stopped, you know, loving him and caring for him and, you know, wanting to go home and rip up our marriage license and say, we're done. I was just hurt. You know, that's a thing that I was hurt. And I couldn't imagine, you know, even going through that, I could not imagine bringing somebody into that. I just can't. And then when you factor in kids, I definitely don't think that I could imagine bringing someone else in because at the end of the day and the only logic I've ever thought about is how does it affect your children how do you explain that to your kids because I tell Kyle all the time how we communicate how we function 
that is what our kids are going to mold their future relationships to look like. What they see as normal is what they are going to think as normal. So if we're constantly screaming at each other and throwing things and they live in a violent household, that's the relationship they're going to go towards because that's what they think is normal. If you're caring and they see us communicate and they see us, you know, laughing and having fun. Madison says it all the time when I like lay on his chest and she'll yell at me. No, get away from him and come snuggle me. I'm like, I'm spending time with your dad. I don't care. You know what I mean? Or like I'll kiss him and she's like, you're gross. That's what a relationship is. But that's what I want her to see. You know, Mm -hmm. she sees that every morning, Kyle, no matter how tired he is, even when he's leaving, there's been mornings that she's seen him leave and he will come back. And I'm like, what are you doing? And it's just to give me a kiss. So I feel like that is the, it kind of sets the tone for what your kids see. And I would just be interested, would they believe in monogamy? Or would their norm become, I got hoes in different area codes? That's always something I found interesting when I was watching Sister Wives is that there are some of the kids that have said like, polygamy is not for me. Like I want a monogamous relationship. And I find that interesting because they've grown up in a polygamous family and a polygamous community and their friends are, you know, part of polygamy family, polygamous families. And, but they are able to know themselves enough to know that that's just not the decision they would want to make for themselves. And then there's other of the daughters that are like, absolutely. I want sister wives. And, you know, I love the bond that, you know, our moms have and, you know, that's, that's great. And I, you know, I appreciate that they are able to make those choices for themselves and that's wonderful. But I, I couldn't do that. It's just not, it's not that I don't think it's right. It's not a right or wrong thing. It's more so just that I want something different for myself and I want something different for my future family. And like you said, like I want my children to know that kind of bond is possible with another person, especially for me. Like I need to know that for myself. Because I've been through so much trauma and so much sadness and so many horrible, abusive relationships, having that bond with Canada and knowing that it's just the two of us and that at the end of the day, if we get married, like it's going to be the two of us and we are up against the world together. To know that that exists for me is important and it's something that I wouldn't want to share with someone else. And I think too, it would be interesting to see the take, is a hall pass considered different? than being in a polyamorous relationship because I feel like I joke all the time when I go to concerts to be like yeah I just want them to sweat on me I want to lick their abs realistically will I do that no because I've probably already proven the point that I turn into a chicken shit and cry hysterically and fangirl when I see people in concert that are that close to me so I don't think it would ever happen I don't think if Luke Bryan showed up at my door tomorrow. I'd be able to rip his clothes off. I'd probably shit myself, literally, (laughs) or Channing Tatum. I joke all the time that we're going to go to Vegas. I'm going to find him. It's going to happen. I'm going to get the pony dance. But I honestly think that I would be catatonic if we ran into Channing Tatum and he pulled me up on stage and did the pony dance. I would either A, pass away because I would go to cardiac arrest or B, I would block the fu- – I would be like those people on the slingshot ride that get all the way up and their adrenaline is so high they just pass out for the whole ride. That would be me. I feel the same way with Jason Statham. I joke all the time about, you know, like I'd fuck Jason Statham and I love Jason Statham. <laughs> Honestly, if he knocked on my door and he was like high with that beautiful accent and that beautiful man, I'd pass out. So I, No I, question in my mind. I would pass the fuck out and even if he was there to like bring me back <laughs> – 
as soon as I saw him again, I'd pass out. Like, I'd just, I'd die. Like, if Jason, if I'm, like, I could never meet Jason Statham. Like, I'd love to. The man is, like, sex god. But, like, if I actually met him, I don't think I would remember it because I'd probably pass out so hard I'd hit my, my head on the ground and I wouldn't remember jack shit. I wouldn't even remember my name. I mean, that happened to Luke Bryan when we did the intimate ceremony. The minute dude even put his toe on the stage, uh, there's videos somewhere. <laughs> I was hysterically, the whole time in all of the videos, he's looking at me because I'm sobbing uncontrollably. And then as he went to go leave, he touched my hand and he's like, it's okay. I cried even more. (laughs) So I can't imagine what's going to happen if I ever get to meet him in person. Again, they're going to have to have an ambulance on standby because I'm probably going to pass the fuck out. But then when we went to the actual concert, like the concert portion of it, I was perfectly fine. I almost threw my phone on stage because he was like mouthing his digits. And I'm like, fucking take it. And then this last concert, he's yelling at me, give me your phone. Like, come on, come on. And I'm like, wait, no, I'm not, I don't know how to do this. And I remember Nicole saying, fucking throw your phone. And I chucked it and that's how I got my picture. But like, I don't, I don't think I would, I mean, unless they're into like fucking a dead corpse, because that's <laughs> probably what the equivalent would be. I, I don't think that that's something I could go through. I think it would be like a complete shock and... I would be blacked out and they could leave a note and be like, yeah, it was great. Mm, don't remember. Yeah, um, I agree. But also I think when it comes to hall passes, most people when they have hall passes, it's like, oh, yeah, if Christina Aguilera from the 90s shows up at my house, I can fuck her. Like, there, there are things that are not going to happen. Now, if it came down to like, hey, can I have a hall pass for our child's like fifth grade teacher? Well, it's a little bit different. That's different. Like, that's an actual hall pass. Yeah. And that's a no-go. Like, I'm Then sorry. you're no longer in a marriage. Then you are. Yeah, then to be. do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Um, But, no, I mean, for me, it's honestly, like, whatever goes through your head goes through your head. As long as I don't know about it, I don't fucking care. Like, honestly, there have been times I've had sex with other people and been thinking about Canada. They don't need to know that. I feel like that's every woman, to be honest with yeah, you. Like, There's been some point in your sex life where you're probably have sleeping with someone and thinking about someone else. Absolutely. I mean, literally from last November to now, any person I've had sex with that wasn't him, I was thinking about him. I mean, realistically, how many of us were envisioning our partner as Christian Grey when Fifty Shades of came out? I don't know if I was doing that, but... I was. But also, it's, you know... It's a little different. That's like a... Not the beating portions. Yeah, no, but like that's like a book character. This is actually someone like I've been intimate with, I've spent time with, I've been in love with, I've planned my future with. Well, I mean, I feel like that's different. But I feel like, again, growing up, how many times did we realistically sleep with somebody and just got through it just to get through it because it was sex? Or we're thinking about someone else because... I'll be honest, I didn't pay attention to half the people I was with. Like, seriously, there there are people I don't know their names because I'm just like, cool, happen, nice, knowing you, never going to see you again, I don't care. But, and then, like, the ones that I still, you know, have been in contact with, like, that I talk to, I'm just like, cool, didn't mean anything, so whatever. I don't honestly remember us having sex. Like, I don't remember. Nothing was really, nobody's ever been that, like, super memorable. Rocky was memorable, but that's because of size. Like, seriously, when you're, like, he's short. And then his dick is like another leg, like literally like another fucking leg. 
So, like, he's very memorable in that instance. But, like, for me, the most memorable person is Canada because he is the person that I had sex with where it actually mattered. Where, like, like I was able to, like, look at his face while we were having sex because I wanted intimacy. to know yeah, that for the first that time. was the person I was sleeping with. That was the person I was connected with. Everyone else, I don't fucking look at them when we're having sex. I don't, they could just be anybody else. I don't care. Yeah, and it was the first time you experienced intimacy. Absolutely. You never had that before. Nope. So, I don't know. It would be interesting to continue this and do, like, maybe arranged marriages versus monogamy or polyamory. Yeah, I'd also kind of like to know why the person that told us we should have this episode, Mm -hmm. why he's interested in an episode on polygamy and polyamorous relationships. Because i've been in a monogamous relationship with him for most of the time we were together he did cheat well he wasn't in a monogamous relationship i mean you were in he was not in the five years we were together i feel like four of those years we were in a monogamous relationship okay we'll go with that (laughs) well i mean because he he did tell me when he cheated um he was very honest he told me the next morning but like so i'm very curious because i know i've known him for 15 years i know he's never been in a polyamorous relationship yeah like we had this discussion the other night when i went to go see him that like my number of partners makes him so uncomfortable because he's only slept with people he cares about like he's i don't even think he's hit double digits I don't know if I believe that. Oh, I do. Really? Yes. I don't feel like you would cheat on somebody if you cared about them. So we will discuss this off air (laughs) about the person that he cheated on me with. But when we were together the first time, the person he cheated with me with on me with, he was then with her for like three, four years. And the only reason they ended was because I went and talked to her and I told her the shit he was doing in the start to their relationship because it was also the end of ours. And I sabotaged the fuck out of that relationship and she got pissed and ended it. So the only reason that relationship ended was because of me. And I do not feel guilty. I feel very good about myself for that. And he knows that because we talked about that the other day too. I told him, you know, I don't feel bad. And he's like, I know you don't. And he's like, but that's the one relationship where I kind of wonder where it could have gone. Because he really cared about her. I'm like, yeah, well, shouldn't have put your dick somewhere else. Then you would have been able to find out how how it would have ended without my assistance. Yeah. But I think- That would be interesting. I don't think maybe maybe it's just because I know the logistics behind what you went through. Yeah, I don't know. no, he is a um, he's not someone that like fucks around with random people. Like if he okay. choose if he chooses to have sex with someone out of like the maybe eight or nine people he's slept with, it's been in a committed relationship or that or that was the only person he was sleeping with at that time. Like he's not he's not the one that fucks around and like or he is, but. He's not the one that like sleeps around with lots of partners, which is why when him and I were together and in the beginning I told him my number, um, he was incredibly uncomfortable because that's just not something he does. It's not something he believes in. So I'm very curious as to how someone who does not believe in having sex with multiple partners and random people came up with this topic to, you know, joke around about how cool or whatever polyamorous relationships would be no the one the woman he was seeing when we talked about this was obsessed with him and wanted to be in a monogamous relationship with him so yeah no it's it's interesting but i think it's also that guys like to fuck around with this subject and say like how cool it would be to have multiple women but honestly if you were like most guys if you're with a woman that has like our kind of sex drive dude you don't have enough fucking cum to have that many <laughs> girls. I'm sorry, but like you you are not producing 
enough sperm to be able to handle five women with like very high sex drives. Like you barely handle one. So I don't, I think it's just the concept of having multiple women attracted to them and desiring them than the actual thought of being in that situation and it working. It's also also interesting to see, you know, the one I talked about, how it was her and not him that had the idea. So what I think with that could be also from like how you were explaining it and like the like the hurrying up to get to the altar type shit is I think maybe she's gay and her family didn't like it. Oh, she's bisexual. She's dated girls before. Yeah, so I'm thinking that this is the girl that she actually wanted to be with and her family wasn't okay with that, so she rushed to the altar with a dude and that dude loves her enough to be able well, to had a baby be like, together. Yeah. I mean, they he loves her enough to be able to be together. like, I want you to be happy no matter what it takes. I don't know if I can make that sacrifice. Oh fuck no, I'm never making that sacrifice. You don't you don't want to be with me? Fine, don't be with me, but then leave. Don't expect to get anything from me except, you know, custody shared custody of our child and other than that go fuck whoever you want but not while you're with me i would be interested again to see this take so i think this will be a topic that we we revisit maybe with a little more research because both of you both of us both both of us it's not a topic that we know a lot about we know about being cheated on because we've had that fucking happen plenty of times yeah no a lot but i mean to be fair we made it you know an hour with discussing a topic we know very little about so that's true that that's pretty cool i think that's more to the fact that we are very talkative and have loud loud mouths more than our knowledge of this topic true but i think it's also i think it is something important to talk about because what if you get in a relationship with someone and then they're like oh by the way i'm polyamorous or you get into a marriage with someone and like cool but in five years we're gonna marry someone else like I feel like these are important topics to talk about in the beginning or like if you have a dating profile, put it on your dating profile, monogamy, polygamy, like whatever it is you're actually looking for. Just be honest because yeah. there's going to be some, there's someone out there for everybody. So if you want like six wives, there's six women out there that are going to want to be your wives. Like just be honest about it. Like be honest about what your intentions are. And like we talked about that before. Like if Rocky had been like, hey, I just want to be fuck buddies. I would have been like, cool, sure. But he lied instead. So you know that crashed and burned and that's totally fine but you know just be honest there's yeah. there's nothing wrong with being honest about what you want if you're secure in what you want that part with that being said i think we'll end it there so yes. uh until next time farewell